0: Some bad news. I knew it. I love when he does that. Well, once you hit rock bottom, the only way to go is up. So
1: so good luck. Okay? Good luck.
0: I mean, you say rock bottom, but, like, it just seems like things keep getting worse. What What is rock bottom? Who decides what's the bottom of all this? I mean, seriously, you go, okay, today is Friday, and I woke up in Cleveland, and I'm going, how much worse can it get?
2: like Cupid and I was just downright foolish and stupid but now I know the reason for the pain and the headaches you left me all alone now I can't even concentrate I guess I'll wait for the day until you come back because my heart is where your love is at you got me twisted Welcome to episode 278 of the Hoots Podcast. It's your boy Joshie Lopez, aka the nefarious brother Adam. The one and only brother Adam. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Lopez Media. Make sure to hit me up on Instagram if you like. At joshi Lopez94, that's J-O-S-H-I-E-Lopez94 on Instagram or at Josh Lopez Music if you want to see me do some guitar covers. Please do me a favor. If you listen to the podcast right now, make sure to either subscribe or smash that follow button, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you get your podcasts from. And if you're on there, especially if you're an Apple Podcast user, leave us a rating or review, four or five stars. Uh, we want honest feedback. It helps expand the research show, and more importantly, me and Brother Carter. To gauge your interest and your feedback on what you like or don't like about the podcast, so we do appreciate the support. We are 22 episodes away from reaching 300. 300 is a countdown to 300. Continuous here on the Hoops Podcast. Thank you for the support. I appreciate all the good brothers who listen to the show every single week, like Sam, Chris, Nate, Mike, Pat, uh, their OG supporter, Patrick Fritz, uh, B-Rob, uh, Referee Tony S, uh, the list goes on. Uh, I appreciate the support you guys, and it means the world to me that you guys care about what I have to say about wrestling. I try to bring something different to the table than the norm of today's wrestling media culture, and uh, I really pride myself on bringing just a genuine, authentic point of view. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you for taking your time or your schedule to hang out with me. This is a back porch feel type of wrestling show. Um <laughs> we don't do a lot of talk about rumors and innuendos. Uh, this is a general back porch conversation. I want you to feel as if I'm sitting next to you and we're talking about the world of professional wrestling. So we got a lot to get into. One last thing I want to plug before we get to the Q and A segment this week. Make sure to bookmark ProScranscription dot com. Your boy's been busy. I've been doing around sixteen shows a week over the last I don't know five or six weeks, and um, G what has been going on. Um, we'll be I'll be giving my report for that. It's week three, and uh, we're almost reaching the home stretch of the tour, man. Uh, I did a show this morning from Hiroshima, and we got a lot <laughs> to discuss, man. So uh, if you ever want to see any of my transcripts. Uh, go check out Um, I think MLW is dropping their big Fightland show tonight, which I'll be covering as well. So be on the lookout for that. Impact has a um, pay-per-view coming up this weekend called Impact Knockouts Knockdown. It's an all-women's pay-per-view. So I'll be uh, doing that as well. So <laughs> the grind doesn't stop out, nor do I want it to. Uh, so you can do me a favor, please. Bookmark dot com. All right. We got a potpourri of questions this week. Um, CNN is back, folks. <laughs> Chris, Sam, and Nate are back at it again. They sent an awesome batch of questions this week. I think this is one of the best, like, uh, collection of questions that we've gotten on the podcast over the last couple of months. So I, I appreciate you guys for sending me questions this week. As always, you can participate in the Good Birds Q&A. All it is is that you can ask me about wrestling, sports, mental health, relationships, life, anything you want to know about me. You can send me a question at Josh Lopez Media or email me at thehoopspodcast at gmail.com. Pretty simple. Uh, you can ask me whatever you want. No topics are off limits with the Good Birds Q&A. And this is my favorite part of the show because I get to interact with you guys and, um, uh, tie into some stuff that I wouldn't be able to fit into the other segments of the show. So let's do it, shall we? All right. Uh, let's start off with the good bird, Chris Zaletta, XteensZaletta24x on Twitter. Make sure you follow him there. He's a great guy, a uh, great person to interact with on social media. So uh, hit up Chris there. Okay. What up, Boos? Here's some questions for the Q&A this week. Looking at how Justin Herbert has performed so far in a season and a half in Tua. Should the Dolphins be feeling regrets passing on Herbert? I think for me as a sports fan, Chris, this is just my way of looking at things. I really don't like doing the hindsight 2020 theme because anybody can do that to the Costco home. I live in the city. Everybody knows the drill. All oh, the Bears should have went with Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. I believe context is more important than living in 2020 hindsight, and we all live in – Regret with the decisions we make. I wouldn't say regret. You learn from the decision, and yeah, these haven't worked out for two so far. I feel bad for him that he has this injury, injury prone label attached to him. But uh, the draft is such a catch twenty two, man. Like it, it's not a nuanced science. Uh, Some of these picks work. Some of these picks don't work. You don't know what it is with the coaching situations, the personnel, the injuries, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, There's so many different variables that go around that's just more than, okay, oh, Dolphins are idiot for passing about Justin Herbert. Nobody knew what Justin Herbert was going to be. And I'm happy for a success in L.A., but I just think for me, I really don't like to dig into that 2020 hindsight thing because what are you getting out of it? Learn for your situations. Don't don't sit back and be like, well, I should have done this. Oh, I should have done that. What are you going to do about it going forward? That's that's the way you should look at it. All right, next question. What matches are you interested in seeing with both Raw and SmackDown new rosters? Great question. I figured I was gonna get a lot of draft questions this week, so I would um, you, you know, when you guys see the description of the podcast, so I hope you guys see it so you can follow along with like time stats and where to follow along, where the parts of the shows are. I, I make the details so you guys know where they are, but um, for those who get confused why I don't really talk much about the draft or the WWE segment, I'm going to try to attach it more onto this segment because I got a lot of questions in the Q&A. So in this case anybody's confused, I'm just going to address more of my thoughts on the draft here in the Q&A than... The This week in WWE Senate. I'll tie it in somehow <laughs> Some way but anyways uh, There's a lot Of matches I'm looking forward to and I think My overall takeaway for the draft This year is that uh, I really think both Raw and SmackDown Had a fair outcome as far as Who went from where And why I, I see a lot Of the scuttlebutt about SmackDown Kind of missing out on bigger Big name men than talent uh, I put this out on Twitter the other day, I just think people really need to realize that SmackDown is so driven by Roman Reigns and his tribal chief character that SmackDown is his show. And I don't know, maybe it's because maybe he's on possibly The Rock showing up at WrestleMania uh, in Dallas uh, that they don't need. And, I, and realistically, right now, you honestly, if anybody who got drafted, or would have stayed on SmackDown would actually take the title off of Roman Reigns right now? Like, would you honestly believe that? I, I don't, I don't think so. And I don't think Roman Reigns should lose the title way past WrestleMania this year. The guy is the best performer in the industry today. He's doing the best work in the WWE. And I, it's his Island. It's his show. (laughs) They don't call the Island Island of relevancy for no reason. So, uh, I don't, and I, I don't, I didn't see a point where people were like, oh, SmackDown's gonna be lost without main event talent. It didn't matter who's gonna go on the show, they're all gonna lose the Roman Reigns anyway. So, <laughs> uh, but there's a lot of matches I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to seeing Roman, speaking of Roman, looking uh, forward to him and Drew McIntyre, looking forward to him and uh, Sheamus. You know, I want to start off with SmackDown, then I'll go to Raw. You know, you got uh, the tag division for SmackDown the same. you got new day, Usos, Viking Raiders, hit row, angel Garza and Korea's new tag team, right? Um, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff there. That's a good tag division, uh, for the ladies for SmackDown. I, I've never seen Shotcha Banks since shade Basler, Baszler. So that should be a fresh mashup. You know, uh, I think having Tony Storm on there is a good thing. Keeping her on the brand. Uh, Tony Storm against Shossie Blackheart. Shossie Blackheart against Sasha Banks. Tony Storm against Shayna Baszler. You know, uh, Natalia against uh, Tony Storm. Uh, I think uh, SmackDown got a pretty good um, squad for the Lacey. Also, exile Lee. I can't forget about her. She came up from NXT. So she's going to be uh, implemented there as well. Uh, Really quick, uh, as far as other ones that got drafted, um, Cesaro against uh, Sheamus should be fun again if they get into a rivalry or maybe they reunite their team. Uh, there's there's a lot of good ones. <laughs> uh, let me scroll down the list here really quick. Uh, Nakamura and Sheamus, I've never seen that one. That should be that should be a lot of fun. Uh, Ricochet against Roman Reigns. It's possible. Hey, if Montez Ford could have a match on SmackDown with the Tribal Chiefs, so can uh, can, uh, uh, Ricochet. Rich Holland. Rich Holland against Cesaro. Rich Holland against Sami Zayn. Rich Holland against Roman Reigns. Rich Holland against Sheamus. That's another guy. So I don't. I think SmackDown really got it that bad when it comes to younger guys or uh, the their mid-card, if you will. I don't think it's really that bad, actually. Drew Gulak. Maybe Drew Gulak. Uh, now he's away for the 24-7 stuff. Maybe he gets some more serious programs stuff. stuff. Uh, that would be cool. So those are the ones that stand out there. For Raw, you got the... <laughs> got the go with it. I mean, you still got Ray Ripley and Sean Flair, still in the same division, so we've seen that already. Uh, you got Austin Theory. I think Austin Theory in a match with Rey Mysterio would be cool. Let's see if Austin Theory finds a tag partner along the way as he starts his journey on the SmackDown. Uh, no, on the Raw brand. Uh, man. Big E against Randy Orton. We haven't seen that yet. Uh, Big E... Uh, against Edge. That'd be cool. Edge against Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens against um, Riddle would be awesome. Uh, You got, you still got Bobby Lashley there. You get Bobby Lashley and Keith Lee uh, in a program. Hopefully that'd be cool. Edge, I mentioned Edge and Kevin Owens. Seth Rollins and Big as a program. I know they've been finding each other on the hop show loops recently, but I think, um, Seth France and Big E would be a pretty cool match, right? And then uh, that's a great question, guys. I mean, um, hell, I, I, going back to SmackDown, I mean, look at um, Hit Roll. Who wouldn't want to see Swerve Scott versus Dr. Bora or Swerve Scott against uh, Ricochet, Cesaro, the Tribal Chief? <laughs> uh, this is a lot of them. I, I could go on and on about this for hours, but – There's a lot to look forward to. I mean, Finn Balor and AJ Styles, are they a tag team? Do they fight each other? Uh, Let's see. you got, for the ladies, you still got Alexa Blitz on the roster. So Alexa Blitz against Becky Lynch should be cool to do that again. Now the uh, roles are reversed. So there's a lot of options uh, to go around with that. So (laughs) those are the ones that stand out the most to me. Next question. Who do you think will make the most of the opportunities with the new rosters? Uh, that's a great question. I, I really do think this is a good opportunity for Kevin Owens to regain some momentum on Raw. I really do. Uh, as far as SmackDown is concerned, uh, you know, this is a great opportunity for Rich Holland to make a name for himself, even a bigger level than whatever he was going to do in NAC. Uh, I think for him on SmackDown is a good option for them to have him there. I would like to say Shayna Baszler could capitalize on having a really good run on SmackDown, depending on how things shake out. You know, you can have Shayna finally have her program with Charlotte. You can find a way where Shayna Baszler is probably to steal the draft besides Kevin Owens. So if I had to pick two people who have the best runs in the new brands, I'd say Kevin Owens for Raw. Or Seth Rollins uh, as honorable mention, and then for SmackDown, I'll go with Shayna Baszler and Drew McIntyre. So that'll be my answer to that question. Which show do you think Oscar Bailey and the Dakota Kai shows up on? End up on, sorry. Um, I say Bailey stays on SmackDown. I'll go with Dakota Kai on uh, Raw. And then Asuka will be on SmackDown. So those would be my picks there. Good question. Uh, I'm curious to see where they go to, uh, especially Dakota Kai. She's very good. Do you think we'll get back? Do you think we'll get babyface Sami Zayn back this year? It's an option. I I love what Sammy's done on television. He's one of the few like undercard guys that's just a funny gimmick you can relate to him. Like, he, everybody knows a Sammy Zane in their life. They know somebody who believes in conspiracy theories and stuff like that. As stupid as some of these conspiracy theories are, I can't believe people on this planet believe that the Earth is flat. But that's <laughs> another show for another time. <laughs> uh, so I I'm. Would it be opposed to seeing Sammy Stane as a baby face? I wouldn't have a problem with that. That's a good question, though. Uh, do the Yankees need to make a change at manager? Yes, uh, they do need to make a change at manager. Yes, I know Aaron Boone's had the history with the team, and he had the walk-off home run against the Red Sox in the '03 3 championship series. But, yeah, things are not looking good. Um I it's crazy to think that the Yankees with their track record and their history and all the titles they've won. Don't you kind of feel like the Yankees are kind of becoming the Dallas Cowboys of baseball. I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. I love to get you guys thoughts on that. Okay. Next question. What is going on with a trip down Capville? (laughs) Well, Christopher, one thing with the Hoots podcast, I like to keep you guys on your toes. So I never said that a trip down to Catville is going to be a permanent weekly thing. It comes up when I, it needs to come up. So I'll just say stay tuned to what the hell is wrong with AEW, and you'll never know when it pops up or when it doesn't. I, I, I'm glad you like the segment, though. I love it, too. <laughs> Trust me, just because there's weeks where I don't mention Cap, stuff uh, doesn't mean there isn't hyperbole and, and a bunch of stuff like that uh, regarding AW on Twitter. It happens every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs> who do you think will be in the tournament fields for both men's and women's uh, king of the ring and queen crown tournaments? And who will come out as winners? Okay. That's a great question. I got to... Put on my fantasy Booker hat, uh, book hat on um, my big-ass head. <laughs> Man, I got a, not eagle-wise. I, I literally – I got like a big size head where I, I don't even know what what the size of my hats are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a big bird art Um Anyways, um, I want you guys to jot this down so you guys can uh, keep hold to it. Okay, so this is what I would do. I'll say eight people for both tournaments, okay? This thing's supposed to end in Crown Jewel, so I don't think it's going to be some long-gated tournament where 16 people for the King of the Ring and 16 for the women. I could be wrong. We'll have to see how this, this starts because I think they said that the King of the Ring tournament starting on SmackDown tomorrow, so I will have to be able to look out for that. So this is what I'll do, Okay. Okay. For King of the Ring, I gotta put Corbin there because he's the last King of the Ring winner. He just has to be in there. I'll put in Xavier Woods, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, that's four, Fib Balor, Bobby Lashley, six. Man. <laughs> I can't put Seth Rollins. These guys program at the edge. I don't see him on there. Uh, man, Nakamura does he get on there? I say I say Nakamura. Okay, so I got uh, for SmackDown. It's Corbin, Nakamura, McIntyre. That's three. And then, oh man, Corbin McIntyre. Oh, let's put Sheamus there. Okay, so McIntyre, Sheamus, Corbin, and Nakamura for SmackDown. For Raw, we'll go with Bobby Lashley, Kevin Owens, uh, Xavier Woods, and let's see. Let's look at the draft here <laughs> so I can find somebody to get that final spot. What'd it be something if Carrie and Cross got in? I would like to put Damian Priest, but I think with what's going on right now, I think they would, they would want to have the the key to the ring have guys that don't have championships right now. So this is where the approach I'm coming with with this, okay? Uh so yeah, I I'm gonna go with Cross, yeah. So This is what we'll do, okay? For SmackDown, we got Bear Corbin, who's the reigning King of the Ring uh, tournament winner. You got uh, Nakamura. King Nakamura, right? You got Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. And then for Monday Night Raw, you got um, Kevin Owens, uh, Xavier Woods, Bobby Lashley, and Karrion Cross. So there you go. And then for SmackDown, uh, not for SmackDown, for the ladies for the uh, Queen's Crown tournament uh, for SmackDown, uh, make this simple. We'll go with Tony Storm, uh, Shotzi Blackheart, Shayna Baszler, and Exile Lee. No Natalya again. I think Natalya deserves bottom in the tournament, so she probably be for there. And then Raw. We'll go with Rhea Ripley. Uh, Liv Morgan. I can't put I can't put Rhea Ripley's champion right now. Um I'll go with Liv Morgan. Selena Vega. I think Carmel's gonna be in there too. Uh, I could be wrong. We'll have to see. I think Carmel may find her way in there. And then Okay. I've, I've had a had time like figure out the women's field more than the men's uh, when it comes to this <laughs> tournament. But I mean, you can pick out the litter of any of these ones. There's a lot of good options. So um, I think think Leah Vega will be on there. Uh, let's see. I say but she's for the That's the thing. With um, you know the changes for the draft and everything doesn't take place until uh, after Crown Jewel, right? So uh, that's why I'm kind of being cautious of what angles and stuff I would go right after that with because I don't know what the the field what the field of the whole landscape is going to look like after um, uh, Crown Jewel. That that's kind of interesting, you know. You know what? Let's have me and Yim take the final spot on Raw. Have her debut, have her compete in the Queen's Crown Tournament. Uh, that'd be cool. Introduce her to the raw audience. And she was in the main class before. So I think that would work too. So there you go. A little fancy bookie strategy set- session there with Joshi. Hope you like it. <laughs> uh, so I want to thank you, Chris, for the questions this week. Awesome job this week, as always, my man. I appreciate you. All right. Next here on. The Good Brothers Q&A section. Uh, we're going to hit up the Good brother Sam Piopo at Second City Sam. What's up, my man? He says, here we go. Do you think the decision to start Justin Fields moving forward was a Matt Nagy decision? Or was it forced with somebody above him? Well, uh, Good Brother, I think uh, it, it was a decision above Matt Nagy. Uh, I think Matt Nagy host setting uh, set in stone in his system, and the whole BU thing, and where he comes from, and all that jazz. I, it's one thing when your job is on the line, and you have people above you that can force hand, as opposed to what you would do when uh, you have nothing to lose and you have free reign to do whatever you want. So, do I believe that Matt Nagy wants Justin Fields to be the starting quarterback going forward? No. I think he would rather see what Andy Dalton does, and we all know where that would go. So I think it's more of a decision from above more than anything. I, I don't want to believe that he's making the decision because he's getting outside heat, if you will, from the national media. Uh, it's really something, if you're a head coach in the second biggest market, in the United States, and you're allowing media members and snarky people on ESPN dictate what you do with your football team. But I could be wrong. Who knows? Uh, I do think that was a, a, a decision from above him. I'll, I'll say that. But that's a good question, though. Next question. With David Montgomery out, are you worried the Bears may abandon the run? I think it depends on how things go with Khalil Herbert. You know, Khalil Herbert's our rookie running back that we got in the draft this year. He's been returning uh, kickoff returns and stuff like that. Uh, Damian Williams has been a good free agency pickup for the Chiefs over the offseason. He had a good game last week against the Lions. I like our running back group. Uh, it sucks that Tariq uh, is not back back yet. Uh, it looks like he would probably come off IR in a couple of weeks. We'll have to see how – we have to get an update sooner or later on where he's at because him coming back could be a good thing for the team. Uh, so we'll have to see how that goes. But I think right now – I don't think they'll fully abandon the run, but will you see as, me, as many run plays as there were uh, last week with the Lions? I don't think so. But also you have to um, – Figuring that Justin, now he's the quarterback going forward, right? He'll have his opportunities to make scrambles and do his quarterback uh, zone reads and stuff like that. So um, I don't think they'll fully abandon the run, but I don't think it'll be as much as going I formation and what they were doing last week with uh, David Montgomery. It sucks that he got injured, man. I love that guy. He's one of my uh, favorite players on the team. So I really hate to see him go down to injury like that. That just sucks. Next question. Team that surprised you the most through four weeks, good and bad? This is an NFL question, by the way, for those who are listening. Good and bad. That's a great question. Um, not bad, but I'm kind of surprised that the Patriots are 1 and 3. And not that I was expected to be one of the top players in the ASC or anything like that, but, you know, some of the games they've lost before this half big game, I thought they were going to win, but they didn't. Uh, especially that game against the Saints a couple weeks ago. But, um, though <laughs> that's a surprise for me. A good surprise is the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I know they're in the middle of the rebuild, but I, I like what they're doing right there. I think Matt Rule's a good coach. Uh, they just acquired Stefan Gilmore, as we were just talking about the Patriots. Uh, so they're doing some good stuff down there in Carolina. I think they could find a way to possibly sneak into the wild card spot if things work out for them. But um, as far as bad, I haven't been – Really impressed with the Chiefs so far this year. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to have video game stats all the time. I remember uh, there was times when Matt Stafford had gazillion stats, but the uh, Lions were the Lions. (laughs) Like, I'm not saying that the Chiefs are going to become the Lions, but it's one thing after multiple seasons where you're just this high-scoring offensive team and your defense just plays complete ass. (laughs) They play like complete donkey shit out there. And I think it's going to backfire to teach sooner or later. Um, Disappointments. uh, Tennessee Titans is on that list for sure. Good surprises. Um, Let's see. You know what? I I think the team I'm most surprised by right now, not that I didn't think they were going to be a good team this year, it's the Arizona Cardinals. I. What they're doing right now is insane. And shout out to Kyler Murray. And I know the Cardinals were getting a lot of flag for how their season ended last season. But uh, to start the season 4 and 0 and where they are right now, I mean, they're the hottest team in the NFL right now. So I, I think out of the first four weeks, I think the Cardinals is the team that's really surprised me the most out of any that started uh, this season. <laughs> Next question. Hey, man, Adam Page is back. Do you think TK will have the balls to pull the trigger with him? Well, that just depends. Does he want to sneak in uh, Bray Wyatt or Braun Strowman to take a spot out to showcase? Hey, everybody, we got a new sighting for WWE, everybody. I'm Tony Khan. That's all I do. Oh, oh, one of our younger guys who rises. Oh, let's bring in somebody else from another company. Oh, let's bring somebody in from the Forbidden Door. <laughs> um, I would like to give Tony Khan the benefit of the doubt, but no. If anything, Cam Page will get his opportunity against Olivier, and Olivier would re- retain, so o- Omega could fight, um, Brian Danielson or CM Punk or whenever Adam Cole turns on the the Goof Bucks, uh, <laughs> the Hardly Boys, as uh, Cornette would say. Uh, I would love to see Heyman Page I at a long overdue moment for him to become the world champion, but I'll believe it when I see it. that's the way I'm looking at it. Next question. AJ almost did get split up in the draft like I had suspected. What do you think the legs are for this taxi? For me, it's gotten a little stale. I like their group, uh, but for me, I'm also the same way like, that I'd rather see AJ Styles as a senior performer, and I don't know how much longer they could go with this. And I don't know. It's just like an odd vibe with AJ Styles where he's like, always oh, booty and stuff. Uh, I know he's a heel, obviously, but I don't know. So this just seems off. i I would like to think that maybe things would go in a different direction uh, once they lose to RK Bro and Crown Jewel, but I don't think this is a group, uh, at least a team, that's going to be on for much longer. We'll have to see how that goes, how that plays out, if you will. Next question. Would you like to see Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt do something together, an impact or something individual? I, I would see them do something individual. Um Usually when these guys uh, get out of the company and get released and stuff like that, I just want to see what they do individually. And I, for me, I've been really like exhausted with the people that get released to WWE and all their hyped up promos are, oh, I just escaped prison. I just escaped prison. It's like it's fucking unique. Or another reason for me to have sympathy for you. You know, or to be invested with you once you go to your new company, where you're ripping off John Moxley, ripping off everybody else that does. Oh, I just got my shackles off. I just got released from prison. uh, Vignettes like, like I, I loved Buddy Murphy in WWE. I thought he was a great wrestler, and I thought he was underutilized. But (laughs) with him and his stuff on Twitter, and him doing the rip off. you know, getting released from prison, I I could give two shits what he does now. So, <laughs> um, I, I just like to see some individuality between both guys and see what they do and see if what they're doing on their own is better than what they do in WWE. Uh, that's the way I look at it. All right, next question. I'm about to say the women's tag division, should they deal with the titles? A quick answer: uh, Yes, they should scrap the women's tag titles. Pretty simple. Eight question here. With the WWE Women's Division having so much talent, name a few talented female talents you feel may wind up getting lost in the shuffle of the rest of the talent. Um, i say Dana Brooke. You know, there's been also a couple of ladies have been out with injuries and uh, stuff like that. I mean, Lacey Evans out with a pregnancy, obviously. Um, she's about to be due, I think, soon. So, uh, early congratulations to Lacey Evans and her husband on their new baby. Um, I I like I'd probably say like David Brooks of the world, uh, possibly to beat it now. Her are not a team anymore. Maybe, maybe Selena Vega, possibly. I I'm, I'm really curious to see how they handle the women's division following crowd because you got these new rosters now. Uh, how does the Queen? How does the Queen of the Ring tournament benefit or hinder the women's division? That's another thing to look at here. Um, So I'll just look to see, like, who's not on TV as much, and you'll find out there who's being lost in the shuffle. Um, Last question here. Um, I already mentioned um, some of the matches I wanted to see the draft there. So last question here from uh, Sam. He says, Philly cheesesteak or Italian beef? All right, for me, I'll go with a Philly cheesesteak. steak. Uh, I prefer that over uh, Italian beef, and I'm gonna say this why because I'm very picky with the the Italian beef I eat. Uh, my dad's a, a distributor of meat uh, throughout the Chicagoland area. He's an entrepreneur. He does. Uh, he works uh, in the meat industry, and. What he sells for for Italian beef, those are the ones that I prefer. So I'm very picky when it comes to Italian beef. But if you had to ask me, would I rather have a Philly cheesesteak or Italian beef, I'll go with Philly cheesesteak. I've always liked Philly cheesesteaks, chicken, Philly cheesesteak, whatever it is. I'll I'll pick that over Italian beef every day. So great questions there. good I appreciate that. All right, last batch of questions. this Week comes from the good bird, Nate the Great at Psycho Gary. Make sure to follow him at Twitter. There, I appreciate you, my man. Uh, he says, "Here we go." No, oh, we got a personal question here. <laughs> uh, when do you feel happiest? Um, that's a great question, man. I say right now with what I'm doing, like here with the podcast and the transfer. I think it's probably when I'm the happiest. Uh, that's how I, I I like to keep it positive from that point of view. Um, you know, when I get to go to a wrestling show, that's always a fun time for me, or when I'm playing my guitar, that's also the time when I'm happy. Um, it's very few and far between. I have those moments because I'm like busy and I deal with my own stuff and dealing with depression and stuff like that. Um, but I do have my moments where I am happy. It's mostly when I'm like in my zone and, like, doing my craft and, like, recording the show, obviously, or making transcripts or playing playing my guitar. That's probably – those are, like, the scenarios where you find me at my happiest. So um, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked that. Uh, next question here for Nate. He says, on a scale of 1 to 10, how fulfilled do you feel in life right now? Man. Uh, I think it's a two-length two, two length, uh, questionnaire. Um Professionally, I'll say I'm at a nine. I'm really happy with where I am right now in my career. I feel like I'm about to reach another level in my career soon, and I feel like doors are about to open, and I feel like a lot of hard work is going to pay off soon. Um, I'm happy with the success of the show. I'm happy with the success of the the articles and stuff like that. Um, I'll I say I'm in a good state of mind there. Uh me personally, um outside of this, um I'd probably go with a six. Yeah. I mean I'd probably go with a six. I mean I mentioned it uh, a couple of weeks ago about why I've been kinda of feeling lost like within my heart. Um but you know I think there's other factors too I where where I'm like I'm ready to take this next chapter in my life like I'm like ready to move out of Chicago. Like I'm ready to take that step. Um so um I think that's another reason why I knock it down. Um, I you lose the point there when you already lose when you deal with depression, you know? <laughs> so that's very added notch there. But um I, I don't, for me I don't feel like I'm at a point right now where like I'm depressed and I'm going to sleep crying or anything like that. Um, do I have my bad days? Yeah. Uh, you know, living by myself for the last, uh, nine months has taught me a lot of things about myself and what I want and what does make me happy. And there's been things that have been thrown my way where I've had to adapt and, uh, it's tested my patience a lot of times too. Um, and it's really, it's really telling when you're on your own and it's a part of the life where you have to learn more about yourself as you're growing older, and um, I'd say I'm probably like a six right now because as much as I'm happy with my career and stuff, I feel like I want to do more. I am goal-oriented, so, you know, I don't want to be just content and be like, oh, I'm just a transfer guy. Oh, I do a podcast every single week. I am goal-oriented, and I, I do want to reach higher ceilings, but I have faith within myself that I'm going to reach that point, you know? Uh, a personally, though, it's just like habit. uh I, I do feel that sense of loneliness at times, but, you know, I have my friends here and there that reach out. Uh, a lot of my main personal friends live out of state, so that's kind of a big issue. So I, I find myself in a situation where I really don't go out to, like, clubs and stuff like that, and I really try to... Keep perspective and try to grow every day. I think it's the biggest thing that's keeping me whole right now. And that I do want to move out of the city. Uh, I do want to start the next chapter in my life. Um, I don't feel like uh, things are holding me back, but I don't know how much benefit I'm going to have just staying here. You know that that's where I am right now, so that's why I'm at a six. So. (laughs) <laughs> okay, next question that, that's, a, that's a strong one there, man uh, If the world was going to end next week Is there anything you want to get off your chest to someone Or go do something meaningful? Um, I, I like to tell my family That I love them I like to tell my friends, especially you guys, that I love you. And Griff for everything you've done for me. Um, Let's like tell Lauren that I love her. Um, I think for me, I would have like things I would want to say. I would like to just make sure that whatever impact it is, if the world was ending next week, I would want to make every day count and make it meaningful in that way. That's how I would look at it. I would. I want to feel like I have to say a gazillion things or um, I don't feel like there's a lot of things that I'm hiding within that I need to vent about so I think for me I probably would rather just make each day count uh, with what I'm doing and how I'm pack- impacting the people that matter to me in my life uh, that, that that's probably how I would approach it but it, it can be different for other people uh, next question for the day He says is sadness temporary Or forever mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's forever Uh, But I, I'd be Naive and I think people be naive To think that sadness just goes away in the day Or a week Uh, I feel like people Kind of scoff at people that deal with Mental health issues because they look at it as a sign of Weakness but it's real life You know <laughs> We can always go off of the health of how you look, or you know what medicines you take throughout the day, yeah, all the stuff with drugs and pharmaceuticals, stuff, yeah, that's great, fan fine daddy. yeah, you had to take care of yourself, but of that shit matters if you're not good here it really doesn't it doesn't matter if I take uh pills every day to uh for bipolar pills. I'm not diagnosed with bipolar so let's, let's say if I was right, let's say if I was taking pills to. Calmed out for bipolar stuff, or if I was taking things to calm my anxiety or stuff like that, yeah, I'm trying to hinder my ender trying to keep things in perspective with my energy and stuff like that. But none of that matters if my mental health is not there. If you have no mental health, then what's the point? None of this life really means shit at the end of the day. Think about that. Mental health is where you get to the point where you can feel completely empty inside. It doesn't matter what is going on in your life; you feel nothing inside. So, in that point where you just don't care about anything, and that that's scary. But I, I think sadness is temporary. But again, th- that this doesn't go away. On other people's ties. It goes on your terms and what you learned and what you're going to do to make yourself feel better and grow as a person from whoever's making you sad at that time. That's a great question, man, because I feel people are kind of naive to that. Oh, you're sad. Oh, just get over. Oh, move on. Do this. No, it's, it, it just doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You need to step in somebody's shoes before you're going to start talking about somebody's mental health and how they go about it or how they... Few oh man. Next question. <laughs> Has Bron Breaker pest you so far? And do you think he's ready for the title? I i, I really I'm all in for the Braun Breaker stuff. Um, I'm all on board of his bandwagon hype train. He's the man. <laughs> he's got the curse of his uh, uncle and his dad, and he he looks good so far in the ring. Uh, does he get the title? I I'll be surprised, but Brock Breaker is definitely the hot hand right now in NXT 2.0, and I really have been enjoying what he's been doing recently. So um, I'll say, yeah, why not? Why not? I, I really dig Brock Breaker, and I think he has potential to do a lot of good stuff uh, in WWE. So, yes, to Brock Breaker. Uh, what did you like about the draft? Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I really dig uh the way the smackdown tag division looks i like that we're going to have different match pairings now on raw for the mens division i think that's good and it's been necessary for a while uh you know i think Becky and Seth going on raw is a big deal for raw brand more bigger name name stay power there um Let's see. I, I really like the fact that Shaden Baszler is on SmackDown and Ketanos is on Raw. So those are the few things that like stood out to me from the draft thing So um, anyone not get moved that you wanted to get moved to different brands? Oh, so you're talking about people that got that stood in their brands, right? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I thought there was potential possibly for Cesaro to go to Raw. But that didn't happen, so that probably be the first one that comes off the top of my head. Um, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, uh, I think it's good that Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens are now on different brands. Uh, I think nobody's been mentioning that <laughs> mentioning that yet. Neither uh, guy are on the same brand. I don't know when the last time that happened. And also, Carmel's uh, off of SmackDown for the first time ever, <laughs> so. Uh, there's a little subtle things like that 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 stood out to me that came out of the draft. I thought the draft was really good uh, this year for both brands. I really do. I'm um, curious to see how it plays out, and hopefully, the best for both for all SmackDown going forward. Last question here for the podcast this week. Uh, they asked, "Do you think Kyle Riley still fits in the current NXT?" I think he doesn't fit in. Uh, he's more of the veteran guy right now in NXT 2.0. Um. I'd like to think that possibly Kyle will probably take that next transition set to go to Raw or SmackDown, or who knows, maybe he gets released. I don't know. I I don't think he has a lot of staying power though in NXT 2.0, so I will say that. But um, wow, awesome questions this week, guys! Uh, you guys brought it, Chris, Sam, Nate, CNN. You guys killed it this week, my man. I appreciate it. I appreciate all three of you, good brothers. And that's right there is the wrap-up for this week's edition of the Good Bros Q&A session. As always, if you ever want to ask me a question, all you have to do is hit me up at Twitter at Josh Media, hit me up here on Facebook, or send me an email to podcast at gmail.com. When I come back, we're going, to get, we're going to get right into what happened this week in WWE, right here on Hoots Podcasts. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a public announcement I'd like to share. I'd like to thank my good friend,
0: Paul Heyman. Because of Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar is a free agent. All because of Paul, and all because of that, Brock Lesnar gets to do whatever Brock Lesnar wants to do. Are you good friends with Brock Lesnar? Let me ask you something, Paul. Are we good friends? You're my tribal chief. Because if we're good friends, that means you look out for me. And if you look out for me, that means you look out for my family. He's my tribal chief. Mm -hmm. Well, my cousin's drafted to SmackDown tonight. We drafted the SmackDown on Monday at Raw. It, it, it's yeah. all figured out. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a strategy. manipulation to it's, stra- it's a strategy. It's a negotiation. A negotiation. My tribal behind chief. It's, it's, it's my tribal chief. I am the wise man. <laughs> he's the a, a wise man. He's, he's my wise man. He's, he's our wise man. He's, he's the wise man.
2: You're only the wise man when I say you're the wise man.
0: Please don't do this. All right, wise man. Let's follow the strategy. Let's stick to the plan. I want you to go to Raw. On Monday, and I want you to make sure that my cousins are dressed to SmackDown. Do you understand?
1: Yes, my tribal chief.
0: Thank you, my tribal chief. I want y'all to go with him. And I want to make it very clear that you're to be drafted to SmackDown, and if you're not, leave him for dead at Raw.
2: Welcome back, everybody, to the Who's Podcast. On talking about what happened this week in WWE. I have to do each and every single week. Um, I. As you guys heard earlier in the show, I just went over through the whole list of um draft picks and scenarios uh matches that I would like to see on the draft. Um, you know, the last two episodes of Raw SmackDown were about the draft, obviously. And that's a big recap of uh, what what happened this week at WWE and we started off with SmackDown. Uh SmackDown as uh, Pat McAfee would say. <laughs> and we had uh You heard a clip right there with uh, the Tribal Chief and Wise Man and Brock Lesnar. You know, (laughs) getting to hear Brock Lesnar as a babyface and him cutting promos is something that I didn't know that I wanted as a wrestling fan, but I'm here for it. You know, like I'm all in on babyface Brock Lesnar. And if you ask me... For those who've listened to the podcast since we've been doing this show, if you ask me if I'd be enjoying Brock Lesnar in 2021, it'd be a long shot. But Brock Lesnar is killing it right now. I'm really digging what's going on with him and the Tribal Chief. Uh, you heard the spout there with uh, him and uh, Heyman in the backstage area. I thought that was really good. <laughs> you're the wise one. I say you're the wise man. <laughs> I love the Tribal Chief, man. He's the best. Uh, So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Seth Rollins, man, he is on another level right now. (laughs) So he brought up a good point about hypocrisy in wrestling fans. So if you guys missed SmackDown, Seth Rollins took a trip to Asheville, North Carolina to pay a visit, if you will, to Edge's home. (laughs) Just like Edge. A few years back, went to West Newbury, Massachusetts to meet John Cena's dad at John Cena's original home. Oh, man. <laughs> if you guys have seen this segment, it's freaking hilarious. Uh, Edge and Steph Rollins are far far from done and far from being done with this feud right now. And I'm really curious to see what the fallout for that is. I thought it was interesting. Edge like, call David and Daniel. Call David and Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> FTR stuck with the hoodlum uh, ninja mask on Dynamite last night. It's really gonna come and go after the bad heel, <laughs> Seth Rollins. <laughs> oh man! Um, but that that segment was pretty funny. Uh, we had the first couple uh, draft picks announced on uh, SmackDown. Uh, the Trout Chief obviously went number one. Uh, Biggie obviously number two, going to Raw. The big uh, two big acquisitions for SmackDown was uh, Charlotte Flair, and Drew McIntyre, and you know Drew McIntyre talking about the bump this week. Uh, he is really excited to kind of right or wrong in his career. Uh, you know he got his uh, WWE career card, uh, career started in SmackDown in 2007, and looking to have a bigger run than he had last time and. I'm curious to see what he does there. Obviously, him and Roman Reigns could have some killer pay-per-view matches in a long program. I think that's going to happen sooner or later, so be on the lookout for that. And also, I want to say this before anybody gets to it. I'm telling you right now, when it came to the draft, the first thing that popped in my head is that Drew McIntyre is going to win the Royal Rumble in 2022. Or at least be the odds-on favorite. Now, this forewarn you right now, Drew McIntyre is going to be in the running for the Royal Rumble. Uh, I'll just say that right now. Um, Charlotte Flair attacking uh, Bianca and Sasha Banks during their main event. I thought Sasha and Bianca had a good match this week got SmackDown. Um, pretty good uh, shellacking, if you will, uh, for the queen. Becky Lynch was doing commentary. Uh, so things were building up between Becky and Sasha and Bianca for their triple threat match at Crown Jewel uh, we had other stuff on the show we had a 8 man tag match with the New Day of the Street Profits beating up on um, Alpha Academy and the Dirty Dogs we'll see what's going to happen with Dominic Mysterio down the road, the Mysterios are now on uh, Monday Night Raw so be on the lookout for that uh, I thought it was pretty funny when they were announcing the draft picks. Uh, Sonya Ville was, like, so, like, <laughs> nonchalant petty about announcing that Naomi got <laughs> drafted to SmackDown. I thought that was fucking hilarious. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, so, SmackDown, SmackDown. SmackDown's always a fun show to um, watch each week, and I always enjoy what they do there. And then, um, when it comes to um, Monday Night Raw, we kicked it off with... Um, Started off with the draft, right? And then um, let me pull up my uh, article here for the website. This is a great thing about my website, com It's the number one reference sheet, if you will, for wrestling. Uh, We started off the show with Becky Lynch and uh, having a promo set with Bianca Belair and Charlotte Flair. Uh, Charlotte, you know, it's trying to tell everybody that she's the most dominant performer in the history of. Women's wrestling and Becky Lynch is uh, saying she's always two sets ahead of Charlotte. Out comes Bianca. This led into made a main event matchup of uh, uh, Charlotte Flair against Bianca Belair for the first time, which was a really good match. Um Bianca Laird was about to win, but Becky pulled her out of the ring for disqualification. That led to a Pier six brawl. Sasha Banks laid out everybody to close out the show. So, just like I mentioned with SmackDown, they're building up uh, towards that program going into Crown Jewel. Then we had Damian Priest uh, retained against Jeff Hardy. Uh, he retained his United States Championship. But that was the story of the match, though. You have Damian Priest uh, uh, after the match. Uh, he had Austin Theory come out of the ring, pretend that he wanted to take a selfie. With uh, Jeff Hardy, and then Austin Theory attacked Jeff Hardy. So, we, over the next two weeks, we're still gonna have these like kind of jumble set rosters where the people are there that drafted. They'll be there, but you're gonna see the same people in the same shows until after uh, Crown juice So, don't be uh, confused by that. Um, interesting that Piper Niven uh, uh, confronted Shane and Baszler, even though uh, Piper Niven's on. Monday Night Raw. So, you know, C. B. Baser was on her way out anyways to uh, SmackDown, and um, yeah, that I was really surprised by that. Let's see what else stood out to me from Raw this week. Uh, I really dig the stuff with Randy Orton. (laughs) Call call it almost a big bitch. (laughs) That, That was hilarious. Uh, Biggie and Drew McIntyre uh, beating up on the Dirty Thoughts. I thought that was a good match. Biggie and Drew McIntyre will be fighting each other for the WWE title at Crown Jewel. That's going to be a big, fun match. Big man bumping meat. <laughs> that should be good. I wasn't too crazy about the, the women's tag time match because we've seen it a gazillion times. And I just don't think it's a, a division that's necessary unless you're going to have a full um you know. All women's brand, weekly all women's brand. I still see the point of having that title right now. So, um, I thought Goldberg and Bobby Lashley segment was good this week. Uh, got quick to the point. I think everybody should be happy that this match is not for the WWE title. So, even if Bobby Lashley did lose to Goldberg at Crown Joe, which I think he will, um, he's not buried he's not ruined or anything like that so i'm glad that the title is not on the line here for their match uh, it's a no holds bar match at uh crown jewel coming up in a couple of weeks uh let's see we got goldberg and lashley for the no holds bar match we got biggie and drew mcintyre like i mentioned for the wwe title we got rated rko rk bro against aj styles and Omos for the raw tank titles in the SummerSlam rematch. Uh, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks, the Triple Threat Master of SmackDown was title, and then obviously the main event of that shows to be Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. So I'm really surprised that they're going all out for Crown Jewel with the fact that this is going to be the only pay per view. So usually when they had like the Crown Jewel specials, they would have a, a corresponding pay per view, uh, like either that weekend or the following week. So, I'm kind of surprised in that, fa- in that sense that the this is the only pay view this month. So, we'll have to see it, where things go from there. But, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, like I already hit on a lot of the stuff I thought about the draft earlier in the Q&A uh, session. But, you know, another solid week uh, for WWE. And then, as always, we'd like to do a little quick preview for the um, NXT UK shows. It's my favorite show that WWE does each week. Um, So today, we got the finals of the number one contender tournament for the uh, Heritage Cup Championship, right? And we got, it's Noam Dar against Wolfgang. And just like Jonathan Hood says on his show, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, Noam Dar Dar is the best heel in WWE and nobody knows about it. (laughs) Noam Dar and Wolfgang are going to have an awesome match. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I think we have Amelia McKenzie against Ginny today. That should be a interesting contest, if you will. And what else we had on the docket? I know there's like some big match coming up as well uh, for UK today. Oh, by the way, lastly, if you haven't seen um, Jordan Devlin against Joe Coffey, that was an awesome match. Uh, oh, by the way, go check out... Mark Andrews and Sam Gradwell today. That's the other matchup today on NXT UK. But they got some good stuff going on in the show. I I I I try to promote it, and give some spotlight to it each week. I love NXT UK. It's a fun show. It's my favorite show to cover each week uh, for WWE. And to, today should be no different. We got Gallus at ringside for Wu and Shaw Samuels be the quarterman for Dove Dart in this. Uh, Heritage Cup number one contender uh, finals match And basically whoever wins this match Will fight Tyler Bate For the uh, NXT UK Heritage Cup Championship uh, In the coming weeks or so Also there's some big news coming out for NXT UK this week That uh, fans are making their way back to the BT Sports Studio So we're going to finally have a live UK European audience For NXT UK for the first time since the pandemic, and I'm really, really excited for that. That should be a lot, a lot of fun. Also, um, I don't know, I just want to tell you, folks, that is what happened this week in WWE. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to our week three report of the G1 Climax Tournament of Professional Wrestling for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, I just did today's ...show from Hiroshima Sun Plaza Hall... ...in Hiroshima, Japan today. Uh, as always, you can check out my coverage... ...of the G1 Climax Tournament... ...on Pro I got a reference sheet. Just go to the search engine... ...type in uh, G1 Climax Reference Sheet. You'll, you'll find it right there. Real quick, when it comes to the standings... ...in the uh, G1 right now... ...for those that have been catching up... ...with the tournament. In the 8th block, we got a 2 way tie... ...for first place with Zack Sabre Jr. and Kota Ibushi... ...at 10 points... Shingo Takagi, we have a four-way tie for second place with Shingo, Kenta, Ishii, and the Great Okada with eight points. Uh, Toriano has six, and then rounding it out is uh, Tagaloa and Yujiro Takahashi with four points with Naito being magically disqualified for the G1. And then as we go to the B block, we got Okada, we have a two-way tie as well for the B block with Okada and Jeff Cobb with ten points. Uh, Evil has eight Hiroshi Tanahashi has six. Uh, Sonata and Taichi have four. And then we rounded out with a four way tie at the bottom with Tamatanga, Yoshihashi, Hiroki Goto, and Chase Owens with two points. So here's some of the matches that stood out to me since I last talked to you. Um, we were going into this long weekend of shows. Um, last week, uh, I, we got, I did. Today's show, I got a show to do tomorrow morning in Kochi. And then there's one in Osaka on Saturday. So <laughs> these shows are going by fast, but it's been a long tour. Uh, I think we're about two weeks away from the finals of the G1 Climax tournament. Uh, so that's going to be coming up soon at the Nippon Budokan, uh, a.k.a. Sumo Hall. Uh, so here's some of the matches that stood out to me since the last time I spoke to you. Uh, you know... Okada and Goto was tremendous on Friday. Hiroshi Tanahashi and Sanada. I got to give a big shout out to Sanada because Sanada's been putting on some killer matches recently. Even though he lost to Tanahashi and Okada, Uh, I think Sanada's had some killer matches. And I think Okada and Sanada's been one of the best matches so far in the B block. I've been consistent with my point of view that the B block has been uh, really enjoyable uh, for the most part of this tour so far, not saying the A block hasn't been, but I think the B block has just had better quality shows from an in ring standpoint. Uh, Chase Owens ups- upsetted uh, Tanahashi, uh, that was a shocker at Cork and Hall. Um, that was crazy, I did not expect that to happen. I thought Jeff Cobb and Taichi had a good match. Uh, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi was really good. Uh, going back for the A block on Sunday, um. We had Kenta beat the Great Okan. Tagalua got his first two points of the G1 beating up Yujiro Takahashi. Ishii upset at Sac Savage Jr. in a barn burner. And then uh, we, f- we were finally waiting for this uh, Kota ibushi shingo Takagi match. You guys remember before the Wrestle Grand Slam shows, uh, Ibushi unfortunately got ill for their IWGP World Heavyweight title match. So it was cool to see Ibushi and Shingo go at it. Ibushi beat Shingo with the Kamigoye very, very good match. And then what happened today uh, in uh, Hiroshima, we had a pretty cool special singles match. As you guys know, in the A block, uh, Tetsuya Naito got injured. He had a meniscus tear on his knee, so he had to be out for, for action, right? And uh, the opponents who were supposed to fight Naito got put in special singles matches. So today it was supposed to be Kenta against Tetsuya Naito, but it said we got Kenta and Hiromo Takahashi. That was an awesome match. Um, I thought, big shout out to uh, Tagaloa. He's been putting on some really good performances. Even though he lost to uh Kodobushi today, very, very good showing for Tagaloa. Uh, Sakusev Jr. put Yujiro Takahashi away. Um, Shingo had to deal with Toriano's nonsense, and then Ishii uh, had a pretty good match with the Great Okan in the main event. Ishii beats the Great O'Connor gets his third straight victory. Ishii starting to gain some momentum. So before we wrap up this report, I just want to go over the lineups for the uh upcoming shows. Um today was day eleven, so we are eight shows away from this bad boy being done. Um so um here we go. For Fridays and Koji we got in the undercard match, we got El Desperado, El, El Desperado against Koshi Fujua. Uh, for the tournament matches, it's Tama Tanga versus Yoshihashi. Hiroki Goto against Chase Owens. Uh, Sanada against Jeff Cobb. Hiroshi Tanahashi and Evil. And Okada against Taichi. And then on Saturday, to wrap up the weekend, we got uh, for the uh, undercard matches, it's El Desperado and Kanemaru. Against Owa and Fujua in a tag team match, we got Tomohiro Ishii against uh T-Hiro, uh yeah Tomohiro Ishii against uh Hiromu Takahashi. That's gonna be insane. Uh, let's not forget uh Hiromu Takahashi beat Ishii in the New Japan Cup last year. Uh, that match is gonna be awesome. Uh, Kenta and Zack Saber Jr. Uh, we got Toriyama against Yujiro sure to be a last and Agit there. Looking forward to seeing Shingo against Tagalo. That should be a lot of fun. That one's going to be in Osaka, obviously. And then the main event of that show is going to be Kotobushi uh, against the great Okan. So yeah, there's just a lot of cool stuff going on. And then next week there's a three-pack show from Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. And then um, we have one more show the following Monday and then we wrap things up uh, the, the, Yeah, the 21st on Thursday. So yeah, uh, we're, hit, we're almost getting to the home stretch of the G1 Climax I me, mean, I really do appreciate everybody who does uh, go out of their way to support the transcripts. It means a lot to me. And uh, I hope my coverage of the G1 has been helpful for you guys. Um, I know a lot of people are saying that New Japan is losing steam and momentum and buzz, but as someone who covers all the New Japan shows, and especially the US shows for New Japan Strong, uh, they're doing some good stuff. I mean, go check out New Japan Strong this weekend. They got a lot of good matches on that card, too. We got, uh, Benora Suzuki against Fred Roster. Uh, uh, we got Filthy Tambar against Ren and Rita for the Strong Openweight Championship. Uh, Jay White against, uh, Robbie Eagles. Um, they got their Autumn Attack Tour starting on this weekend on New Japan World. So, uh... That, folks, is your report for this week's, uh, G- this th- this has been your week three New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax 01 report brought to you by your truly, Joshua Lopez, and Pro Wrestling, Pro Wrestling com. All right, folks, it's time to give the people what they want. Now, you guys may not know, your boy's flying solo this week for what the hell's wrong with AEW this week. On that note, it's time to give the people what they want. The Restaurant Quality Edition. (laughs) I haven't said that in a while. That's a throwback for you guys on Throwback Thursday. Here we go, folks. It's time for the most entertaining uh, entertaining segment in all professional wrestling podcasting today. Otherwise known as What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. We're going to start this off in a 3, 2, 1.
1: It's time for What the Hell is Wrong with AEW?
2: Oh boy, oh boy. What the hell is wrong with AW? AKA, what is it wrong with AW? Uh, I think it's very important to say that I should take a swig of water before I get into this nonsense. Hey, did you guys heard that uh, last night was the two year anniversary of Dynamite? I think I heard that as many times as uh, Corey Grace said that the rules for the draft don't take place until after the Crown Juice Soul. <laughs> Or as many times Tony Khan... Uh, my, my bad. It's many times as Tony Shivati mentions Tony Khan on the AEW show. Alright. If you need the perfect illustration of what AEW Dynamite has been for the last two years... I think last night's show was the perfect example of that. And not to say there wasn't good stuff on the show... But boy, oh boy, were there some shitty stuff on the show last night. (laughs) Man, for a two year anniversary show, man, they really. I'll give AEW this. They really cling on to their perception for their uh, hardcore marks on Twitter, man. Because it's like. It's like you would think that they would have the ability to establish their own brand, but they social media and dirt sheets to dictate the decisions and stuff they do on their broadcasts. So we had started off with the most quintessential AEW dynamite match, if there ever is one. The super elite. We had uh, aka the goof squad, we had Kenny Olivier, Adam Cole, and the Goof Bucks, uh, the Hardly Boys. With Brandon Cutlett and Michael knocking the, knocking the fuck off at ringside. Uh, taking on uh, Karen Danielson, Christian Cage, and the Jungle Express with Stunted Growth in the eight-man tag match. Oh, I also f- forgot to mention that this week I had to sit through two competitive matches with... I had to sit through two competitive matches with Stunted Growth. Let's start it off where we started off this week. Dark Elevation, where we had Marco Stutt and Fuego Del Sol have a competitive match with Sean Spears and Wardlow! I shit you not, I had to sit through and write out two paragraphs worth of a match with a midget uh, rip-off luchador against a beast in Wardlow and Sean Spears. Now, you guys know me. I, I think Sean Spears is nothing, but... The fact that Wardlow had a competitive match with Oh my god. Anyways, let's let's get into the real crux of this, cause this was a complete and other mud show, this tag match here. Just spot after spot after spot, people running r- running into the ring. Uh I I'm becoming a broken record here, but it needs to be called out. Uh Rick Knox was completely useless for this match uh this match went on for twenty minutes i got four i got five paragraphs out of it uh the super elite one with a quadruple b t e shooting trigger uh it was just <sighs> i mean if this is the type of match that you enjoy where it's just gazillion spots going ninety nine miles per hour more power to you but this match was a complete shit show. You know, the whole thing where the young bucks running like idiots and then they stopped the kids and call cold the cheese. I don't get that spot. That's odd. Um, <laughs> and I, I want some credit for this. This is why I'm kind of laughing and taking a, uh, a step back here. It's like. Didn't I not tell you guys a couple months ago once Daniel Bryan was going to show up in AEW that he was automatically going to feud with the Elite and be alongside Christian Cage and Jurassic Express? Did I not say that on the SE network on Turnbuckle Trends? Did I not map out this whole scenario of what was going to happen with Karrion Danielson once he showed up in AEW? It's it's been crystal clear the entire time. Like we had these quintessential elite guys and then they feud with the next new signee from WWE uh, we'll get Olivier Danielson by the way I'm surprised look I get it it's a two year anniversary show but the fact that you just put on this match at Arthur Ashe Stadium you're already giving them you have had Danielson and Omega touch each other and fight on two TV shows in the span of three weeks Before you know it, I'm going to get to the point where I don't give a shit if they fight each other on a pay-per-view again. Now, don't get me wrong. They'll have a great match, just like they had a great match at Arthur Ashe Stadium. But when is enough enough? And this is the company that was supposed to be not wwe where we don't have rematches and doing the same thing over and over again. I think this is like the fifth or sixth time I've seen the, uh, the Young Bucks and... Somebody else taking on the Jurassic Express and Christian Cage. Stuff's got to change, man. It's been going on for two or three months. <laughs> Let's talk about other stuff on the show that it was hard to suspend my disbelief from. Um, yeah, so we had a match with Sammy Guevara and Bobby Fish. It was, it was. I was kind of indifferent, in, indifferent to it. Congrats to Bobby Fish for being signed to the AEW. Uh, you guys know my feelings about Sammy Guevara. It is what it is. He retained his TNT Championship after the match. He got into this brawl with the American Top Team. Uh, got damn Lambert, Target Crap Outcomes, Mickey Rourke, and Jake Hook is a shit about me. Hager. It comes down to the ring. Uh, basically, this leads into a six-man tag match that's supposed to be taking place in a couple weeks, which, which is going to be the Inner Circle Jerk against. Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, and Junior Dos Santos. You mean to tell me this iteration for Jericho is going to bring a fight to real MMA shoot fighters? And I'm glad Cornette hit on this uh, last week on his podcast. Where he was basically saying it's crazy where like, the 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 shoot fighters don't know how to work in the wrestling Elements right, but the pro wrestlers don't know how to shoot fight either. You see, like it's kind of reverse. So, this whole stuff of them feuding and fighting with each other I mean, don't go wrong, I'll look at page fans it to the Cows go home, but like this whole thing with the American top team and the inner circle thing sucks. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to apologize for being frank with you guys. I, that, that whole stuff, this whole program between those two teams, factions, whatever the fuck you want to call them, is sucked ass. And I don't need to see Jake Hager on my TV screens every single week. So, we found out that CM Punk will be fighting Daniel Garcia on Rampage this week. That should be an interesting match. Uh, let me get into this. So, I guess Dean Ambrose has found his way to AEW. You heard me, right? I found it very interesting that Dean Ambrose has found his way into AEW. Mopey being in his feelings about for whatever the fuck reason. (laughs) Uh, His odd backstage promos. His wrestling matches that's still kind of similar to what he did in WWE. I'm glad to see that Dean Ambrose hasn't changed since this whole time. I mean, the only difference between John Moxley and Dean Ambrose is that he swears and has matches where he bleeds. I I, I didn't know that was such a big difference from Dean Ambrose. Like, <laughs> where you can tell the the levels of where a performer's at. Where he John Moxley needs to swear. And bleed to get himself over. Instead of letting his work. And his ability to tell stories. To get himself over. I just find that to be very interesting. So I'm glad to see that Dean Ambrose. Has re-showed himself in AEW. And yeah. There's that. Let's see what else happened on the show. We had a whatever match. With Nick Camarado. And uh, Darby Allen. That was what it was. Uh, QT Marshall. Dropped Sting with a Scorpion Death Drop. Then Sting came back and stood back on his feet like nothing. Uh, and hit him with the... No, my bad. Uh, yeah, Keith Marshall did the diamond cutter on him. And then uh, Sting responded with the Scorpion Death Drop. But... Yeah, go back to the double standards. Wouldn't people be like, oh, look, great. Look, The Undertaker knows sold something. But Sting shows up. Oh, Sting does no wrong because it's an AW. Um... Malachi Black against Dante Martin, don't give a shit. Um, I thought Hikaru Sheeta's match with Serena Dean was pretty good. This is one of the few things I liked on Dynamite last night. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, they announced that they're going to be having the AW Women's TBS Championship uh, coming up in January once AW Dynamite moves to TBS in uh, January 5th, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so, pretty cool announcement. I think the title looks like shit, but, uh, I think it's pretty cool. Here's the lineup for Rampage this week. We've got, uh, CM Punk against Daniel Garcia. Jake Cargill against Sky Blue. Ricky Starts against Brent Cage in the Philadelphia Street Fight for the AEW World title. Uh, Hook, <laughs> And then, uh, Lucha Brothers against, uh, the Acclaim for the AEW World 10 T titles. Oh, by the way, uh... You know, giving people who got suspended and gave your company bad name title shots of your TV shows that's a trend that continues to happen in AEW. Uh, before I get to the main event, I want to bring something back here to the podcast this week. It's called A Trip.Catville. I want to thank my good brother Mike at Main Event Store for sending me this yesterday. Um <laughs> And Mike's uh, a great friend of the podcast. Me and uh, brother Carter got to meet him in in, um, New Orleans for WrestleMania weekend. That was a fun time. Uh, But here we go. A trip down Catville. In case you guys don't know what that is, I read a tweet come off of Twitter. And I tell you if it's cap or not. So let's read this, shall we? At Garrett Kinney on Twitter. For as hot as AEW has been with CM Punk, Brian Danielson, and Adam Cole, and Ruby Soho, I'm trying to sound like Dan Lambert right now. This is still Heyman Page's company. I can't remember the last thing I wanted more in wrestling than Heyman winning the world title. Um. <laughs> Honestly, it's not Sia Puck's company. It's not Brian Danielson's company. It's not Kenny Olivier's company. It's not the, the Goof Bugs. It's not Cody Trump. It's not Mickey Ward's company. Hell, it's not even Tony Khan's company. You know whose company is? It's Dave fucking Seltzer. That's whose company this is. Okay? So, yeah, I was happy to see Heyman come back So, we have a ladder match where Pac doesn't know how to set up a table. Very awkward transitions to setting up ladders and tables in the match. Um, I don't know why the fuck you put Orange Cassidy in a ladder match where he starts shoving a ladder out of the ring. Um, I'm not a fan of Pockets, but whatever. We have the running lip man out there. Uh, Andrade, still in the same position as he was in WWE. Lance Archer... One week he's a baby face, the next week he's a heel. I guess Lance Archer will be taking the role of Paul White in AEW. Um, John Moxley. Don't get me wrong, there's some cool spots, and I thought the match picked up more when Henry Page was the final entrant, but I, I was watching this match, guys. It was a big shoulder shrug for me. Don't get me wrong, you know, you know, Page doing the. Dead eye off the ladder through the table was really cool. Uh, some good spots towards the end, but yeah, uh, that was predictable as the cows go home. But nice reception for Hangman Page. He's one of the few people I do like in AEW. Uh, going back real quick to something that happened earlier in the show. I liked the um, uh, sit down interview that Jr. had with Darby Allen. I thought that was pretty good too. So. I wanted to mention some of the few stuff I did like. So I'm not like, oh, you hate everything AEW does. Sorry, folks. I don't look through this company through rose-colored glasses. And I'm, and this is, this is something I really wanted to talk about as we wrap up this segment this week. So to, last night was the two-year anniversary of AEW Dynamite. And that's also the end of this is a new company excuse that died last night. For a company that's called All Elite Wrestling, I'm applying elite standards to it, and I'm not just going to crowd the new company as the greatest thing since since sliced bread. Since no professional company, no professional wrestling company has been able to have any success over the last twenty years outside of TNA and WCW, I'm not going to be convinced. Hooked? I'm not going to be convinced and just be like, "Oh, this is a new company. They do no they their Teflon." No. I support AEW. I cover all their shows that they do. I I, I went to the Rampage show in Chicago at the United Center. I do support AEW. I do like it. But I'm not going to sit here and act like they do nothing wrong. And there's a lot of people that engage in a lot of hyperbole. And there's a lot of people that put over AEW just for the fact that they don't like the WWE. So it doesn't matter what they do. AEW does no wrong because it's not WWE. That's not what we do here in Who's Podcast. I call it Spade a Spade. And I'm going to apply elite standards on the show and a promotion that's called All Elite Wrestling. And nothing I watch on this program is elite in my eyes. And last night was a perfect representation of what I've seen from AEW die over the last few years. Some good matches. A lot of spotlighting and gaslighting to hype up momentum and buzz on social media a lot of goofiness, tag matches that have no psychology, a shitty referee crew, a shitty announcing team, and you know, you know, afterbirth brawls, having 90 people on the show to constitute long-term storytelling. And that that's my takeaway from it. You know, there's good and there's bad. But There's nothing on this show that resembles a leak to me when I watch AEW Dynamite. And that, my friends, is what the hell is wrong with AEW this week.
1: This has been What the Hell is Wrong with AEW.
2: Right, folks, gonna wrap it up right there, man. I want to thank you guys so much for hanging out with me this week for another stellar edition of the Who's Podcast. It was a lot of fun, a lot of great questions this week. on the Good Brothers QA session, uh, got you updated with the G1, talked about the draft, crown jewel. We just did what the hell was wrong with AW. So, fun episode this week. I want to thank you guys for hanging out with me as always. You can follow me on Twitter if you like at Josh Media. Make sure to hit me up on Instagram at Josh Lopez94 that's G-O-S-H-I-E-Lopez 94 on Instagram at Josh Lopez Music. Also make sure to bookmark ProState If you are Apple Podcast listener and user, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, obviously. at least a 4 star, four or five-star review of rating helps expand and read to the show. And always, folks, make sure to um, support the podcast each week, man. Tell a friend about it. I'll let People know that we're having a lot of fun, and we're talking about professional wrestling and having a good time with it right here on the Hoots Podcast. So I want to remind you folks to be the authentic product that is yourself, and always remember, man, nobody dictates the pace of your life but yourself. I love you guys. Have a wonderful weekend. Uh, sooner or later, we'll get sooner into our uh, previews for Crown Jewel and Bound for Glory is around the corner. Lots of stuff going on in the world of professional wrestling. But again, have a wonderful weekend, everybody. I'm Joshy e. This has been episode 278 of the Hoots Podcast. And I got a special surprise for everybody. We got a brand new edition of the Thoughts of Derrico, and it starts right now. Talk to you guys next week. Yes, sir.
1: And now, the Thoughts of Derrico. Listen well, man. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to the segment that isn't going to be drafted anywhere, anytime soon. It's staying right here on the Hoots Podcast. It is The Thoughts of Jericho, featuring the one, the only, Brother Carter. I apologize for not getting uh What the Hell is Wrong with AEW or my take on What the Hell is Wrong with AEW this week. I just didn't have a chance to watch the show this week. It's been crazy busy in my life, and I'm actually going to talk about that in my final thought here in a little bit. Just uh, I feel bad that I haven't been able to contribute as much to the Hoots podcast as I've wanted to over the last few weeks, but... You know, I'm 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 in doctoral school and life is is real crazy right now. Lots of stuff going on. Almost every night of the week, I got something going on. But if it was easy, everybody would do it. But I promise that I have not forgot about you, the faithful listeners of the Hoots Podcast, or my brother uh, in, in arms. The uh, I don't know. I I can't say the Stephen A. Smith to my Max Kellerman anymore because they're no longer a thing. But the 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 brainchild behind. Uh, the Hoots Podcast, my brother Josh, I uh, haven't forgot about any of you, and so uh, just know that I'll be back to contributing to the Hoots Podcast more, and as regularly as possible, as soon as I can, once my real life calms down. But I thought I would take this episode of The Thoughts of Derrickville this week to just talk about the results of the of the WWE draft that happened over the last couple of nights over Raw and SmackDown this week and I've got the new rosters in front of me and I and I'm just going to take a look at this and just see uh what we've got here. This tweet was released uh let's see. This tweet looks like it was released after Raw on Monday. So it looks like we've got the new yeah, we've got the new rosters all set in stone and and the rosters are effective following Crown Jewel, which I think is interesting. So there's opportunities uh, to get the last couple of, of um, feuds in there uh, over and matches over the next uh, two weeks. So that's kind of interesting. I kind of like that. So let's start taking a look at this. And looking here at the SmackDown roster, uh, I'm really excited about some of the new pairings that we might see um, I'm really excited about Drew McIntyre to SmackDown. I'd love to see him against Roman Reigns. I think that's going to be great. I'm looking at some challengers potentially for Roman Reigns here. Um, Happy Corbin, I think, could absolutely be a challenger for Reigns for the title. Kofi, I'm hoping. King Nakamura, I'm hoping. I've always been a big fan of King Nakamura. Let's see. Who else is legitimate? That, that's who I've got right now as potential, uh, potential candidates for uh, challenging Roman Reigns. So that should be very interesting. Um, a lot of good challenges here for the Intercontinental Championship as well um, against King Nakamura. I like the idea of potentially Jinder Mahal. Um, I, sorry, you know, I forgot to mention for Reigns, that's uh, Cesaro. Cesaro could definitely be a challenger for the world title. Um, looking here, we've got uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott. I like him as challenging for the Intercontinental Championship. Um, you could throw Jeff Hardy in there if you need to, Jinder Mahal. Mace, potentially, which I hope they eventually change his name back to Dio Madden. Uh, Mustafa Ali. I mean, there's there's a, a lot of potential here. Uh, if you want to do Ricochet, I think that'd be great. So I like about I like what that part of the SmackDown roster. Also, the women's division. My God, did the women's division get an upgrade here. So you've got the Queen. Woo! The GOAT over on SmackDown. Charlotte Flair over on SmackDown. But look at the challenger she's got. You've got Sasha, you've got Tony Storm, you finally got Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler needs to be the first person challenging Charlotte Flair. And honestly, Shayna Baszler needs to win the women's the the Smackdown women's championship. That's the first thing that needs to happen cuz she deserves it. She's been in this horrible pair with Nia Jax just kind of floundering. Shayna one of the most dangerous women uh, in WWE. She needs to be challenging and she needs to win the SmackDown Women's Championship. I can't believe I'm saying that over the Queen. And this will be an easy, just Becky and Charlotte will just exchange belts um, at Crown Jewel or something like that, and that's fine. Um, no problems there. You can just, you know, that's an easy swap title for title. But, uh, yeah, that's what I'd love to see. Those women I'm very excited about this women's division on SmackDown. So I'm excited about the potential uh, over on SmackDown. Let's take a look at Raw here. Again, some really interesting things going on here on Raw. So, obviously, you've got Big E, who's a world champion. So, looking at folks that could challenge for the world title, I don't think AJ Styles and Omos are going to break up anytime soon, but you could easily throw AJ Styles in there. Obviously, you've got Bobby Lashley. Uh, Finn Balor, now that Finn Balor's on Raw, throw Finn Balor in there. I wouldn't mind seeing that at all. Him challenging for a world title. Seth Rollins is now, uh, the Monday Night Messiah is now over on Raw, and Edge, they're both now on Raw. So uh either of them could challenge for the world title. I think that would be fine. Um Miz, Morrison if you want to do either one of those would be Randy Orton of course. So there's a lot of challengers uh for for the world title uh on on Raw right now. Eventually it's going to be Damian Priest because I still think Damian Priest is going to win the Royal Rumble. So I mean you've got a lot of potential here for some challengers for for Big E, and I like that, for the world title. Thinking about the U.S. title and Damian Priest has, uh, again, you've got a number of challengers here. Uh, you've got Austin Theory who's now coming up, and I love me some Austin Theory. I think he's terrific. So Austin Theory could challenge for the U.S. title. I like that idea. Cedric Alexander. Uh, well, though, I don't know if, what they're going to do with the Hurt Business now that the Hurt Business is back, which is awesome, by the way. I love the idea of the Hurt Business being back. So you could do, you could do that, and... Uh, I think Ziggler and Root are still going to be a team, so that's fine. Um, if you want to do Finn Balor, you could. Although I think Finn Balor should be challenging for the world title. Karrion Cross, Keith Lee, Kevin Owens, and uh, Kevin Owens should also be challenging for a world title. I forgot about Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens should be challenging for a world title too. Um, Keith Bearcat Lee could be challenging for the for the for the U.S. title. So, a lot of potential challengers here. I like it. I like it. On the women's side, obviously you've got Becky Lynch coming over, um, and she'll be the Raw Women's Champion. But look at the challengers she's got here. We got Bianca Belair. We could review. Uh, we get that feud uh, going again. Carmella, I like that. Dana Brooke, I like that. I still think Dana Brooke has gotten a Raw deal. Tegan Knox and um, Shotzi over there. I assume Shotzi's over there. Let's see. I see Tegan Knox. I don't see. Did is Shotzi over on SmackDown? They oh, they broke that team up. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't, I missed that. Yeah. Shotzi can challenge for the women's title on SmackDown, too. Uh, Tegan Knox can challenge, cha- challenge on Raw, Rhea Ripley, Mia Yim, who's still around, The Morgan. Yeah. uh, Dewdrop eventually, which I love. Uh, they need to make her Piper Niven again. But, uh, Ben, there's some great challengers for the women's championship. Uh, if you want to do for the, the, the tag team titles, the Street Profits are there. You've got the Hurt Business. You got Styles and Omos. Um, you know so there's a lot uh there's a lot of potential um, for uh, shanky and veer if you want to do uh wait no veer's over here is shanky over on smackdown yeah shanky's over on smackdown okay never mind um so i don't know yeah so i am digging this i i am really digging what i'm seeing here uh i think that that's some fresh matchups um, new opportunities for some new folks i think it's going to be i think it's going to be great um, I'm really excited about seeing some of these new feuds and seeing how that goes here. So I think it's going to be great. Uh, and then, starting next Friday, we've got uh, the Return of the King of the Ring tournament and the Queen's Crown being introduced. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm excited that they're going to do the Queen's Crown tournament. Um, I, 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 I like that idea of of having those uh, tournaments. That's always a great great thing that you can do. So... Just trying to see here who could be uh the potentially the king of the ring here. And I, I'm really not sure. I know Xavier Woods has been saying that he really wants to be the king of the ring. The thing about the king of the ring, though, is it's better for a heel. So it could be Xavier Woods. I actually wonder if you could make King uh Baron Corbin win it again. So uh I think that could be kind of cool to just, you know, he's happy, Corbin. I got my tie crown back, blah, blah, blah. I and mean, then you can do it an angle with, but I don't really care now that I'm really happy, blah, blah, blah. blah. So I don't know. We'll see. I, you, you've got to be a heel, though, I think. Uh, yeah, I think you, there, there there has to be um, – you've got to have a heel in it, I think, because it's it's mostly a heel gimmick, Unless I, so I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, on the women's side, let's see. I'm just trying to think who could be a good option for the, for the women. Um, I like the idea of maybe sh- – well, no. I, I was going to say Shayna Baszler because she could just dominate her way to the top. But somebody like Carmella. Could be good, you know, kind of going off, I'm the queen, (laughs) ha, 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 kind of thing. So that could be good. Uh, Somebody like a Liv Morgan, Dana Brooke, I think would be a good uh, choice, Selena Vega. So there's a lot of potential potential, um, winners there. So I'm excited to see how this is going to all play out, Uh, and it's very, very, very exciting. So some exciting stuff going on in WWE right now. And I'm excited to see where it all goes. And those are the thoughts of Derrico this week. Uh, my final thought is, and I'll leave you all with this, uh, one of the things I'm also doing and kind of uh, navigating through over these last couple of weeks is I'm going to be starting to see a therapist pretty soon. Um, As we've been going through this, we've discovered that I've got some, and I'm fine, like nothing to be, you know, like, oh my God, be worried about Brother Carter. No, I'm completely, completely fine, and like a fully functional adult, and I'm going to be just fine, but there's been some issues, I think, that, that I've had to deal with in the past that haven't really been dealt with that we've discovered uh, here uh, during my time, so I'm just going to be starting that, and I'll keep you all posted on that. I'm very excited about that and about working to really kind of get better and become a better person overall. Um, I'm I've I'm encouraging everybody, if your mental health is declining, recognize it, own it, and don't be afraid to get some help. I've recognized that my mental health is declining and I need some help. And uh, I'm really looking forward to, to being on the other side of it. So I love the Hoots podcast. I love all of you. And I cannot wait to be fully interacting with you all back doing live shows with Josh again in the future. Take care, everybody. It's gonna be a it's a very exciting time to be a wrestling fan. This has been The Thoughts of Derrico. You're smarter now, man.